Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for an awareness of the life in the spirit, in and after the spirit, walking in love. Thank you for showing us that our battle is not against flesh and blood. And that we all fighting against the same enemy, the same devil who's already lost. We're protecting the victory that's already been provided. We're not trying to attain a victory. We're coming from the victory. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know, I have some, some notes here, but I don't think that <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be allowed to use them. But the I just want to talk to you about about Jesus today. <laughs> it's just, I have only one message. It's, it's just we just I just pick it up and take off again. Okay, <laughs> we can talk about Jesus. Remember the last message, the, the, the secret of God that revealed to us? What, what's God's secret that's now been revealed? The good news. Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? Amen. Amen. Christ in you. So all we're doing, and all of the church, which is just one church, one body of Christ, the bride, you know, we all should just be learning how to live out of relationship, how to live out of the righteousness that's been instilled in us. Learning about the new man that is who we are. Learning how to walk it out. Jesus said, this is eternal life. This is the Lord's Prayer when He was praying. The one we call the Lord's Prayer is really a model prayer. The Lord's prayers when he was praying to the Father and he said, Lord, he said, Father, this is eternal life, that they know you and me, that they know you, the one true God and your son, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That is salvation. That is eternal life. And it starts at the moment of salvation, this intimate, passionate relationship, this this knowing God and being known by him. That's the victory. I had a. A dream. I, the Lord has spoken to me so wonderfully and so kindly in so many ways as I pressed into Him and have sought Him and have yielded my life to Him and died to myself. Crawled down off the altar a couple of times and just get back up there every time I recognize it, you know. I don't have struggles with overt sin, but in my thought life, you know, anger, stuff like that. Most of my most of my struggle these days is limited to uh, I like a little junk food and uh, I get irritated on the road sometimes. <laughs> no, not 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 like that anymore. I don't even drive fast anymore. They really don't bother me. I just think how silly and selfish they are, and I just don't need to judge like that. One time, I was Jesus was I was in a courtroom in a dream and and. I was there to be punished, be con- judged, convicted. I felt it. I felt I was guilty. I knew I was. And I was standing there in a dark, gloomy courtroom. Having kind of grew up in that system, working in the legal system and sat through literally hundreds of trials, civil and criminal, seen lots of Lots of attorneys and great friends of mine worked their craft, you know, judges, friends of mine. 
work the system. I've seen it abused. I've seen it work perfectly. I've seen people become wealthy by it. I've seen others gypped out of wealth. I've seen men sentenced to death. I knew how the system worked in that dream. I was standing there and I knew that there generally is a judge, prosecutor, some witnesses in the least, you know. And I looked and there was no one except Jesus standing on my right, my advocate. Because he was there, there was no one there to accuse me or judge me or sentence me. I was free. Justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. Knowing how guilty I was. Such an awareness of his holiness and my lack. Uh, I cried. I wanted to go with him so badly. He turned and he walked right back through the wall. And I pleaded to go with him. I cried. But it wasn't time. He had work for me to do. I knew. I knew. That. I was going to live this life. <laughs> was was no easy way out. Thankful for what he had done for me. And I knew that my reasonable service. As it says in Romans 12. 1, 2, is that to make my life. To make my body a living sacrifice. Acceptable and holy. And not be conformed to this world. But renew my mind. Through the washing of the water of the word. And so I knew that this is what I want. I wanted to do things his way. I wanted to find out more about Him and what He wanted because I have such an amazing thankfulness and gratitude in my heart and love and respect and honor for Him. And I just want to please Him. Nothing I could do to ever repay Him, but I just wanted to, to, to die trying. You know? My biggest problem, and the Lord tells me this is, this is some of you too, My biggest problem was loving me. My biggest problem was loving me. Listen, angry, selfish people often don't love themselves. Actually, the rejection issues they already have are complicated by self-loathing, And they will sabotage the efforts of God in their life to bless them. That was me. I had a a pastor one one night. He was prophesying down the line. And he just looked at me in the eyes and he said, It is so hard for God to love you when you're so hard on yourself. And he was right. That helped me. It helped me. Because I was in a very legalistic setting and I was having to go elsewhere to receive <laughs> freedom and love and the grace of God and to and that's where I knew my the truth was, you know. And uh I remember he gave me a song one Thanksgiving evening and I came home from my mom's when she was still alive. 
Tavon and I got in. I, I sat, sat down about 9 o'clock at night. i never forget on Thanksgiving night, 2009. And I just started, I just wrote this song. He just gave me this song. My Lord Jesus paid the price for me. My Lord Jesus suffered on Calvary. My Lord Jesus saved me from sin and pain. Now my Lord Jesus is teaching me to dream. And I dream of the church in its heavenly home. I dream of the river flowing from the throne. I dream of the place he has prepared for me. I dream of the hope he has given me. My Lord Jesus paid the price for me. My Lord Jesus was crucified on Calvary. But my Lord Jesus rose up from the grave. Now my Lord Jesus talks with me each day. And he speaks of the church and our heavenly home. He speaks of that river flowing from the throne. He speaks of the place he has prepared for me. He speaks of the grace he has given me. My Lord Jesus paid the price for me. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Very beautiful. Wow. When did he give you that, Pastor? Thanksgiving night, 2009. In about one minute. Fast <laughs> as I could write. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was working all these things in me, you know, because there's a lot, a lot of things we have to come and we have to put, put away, you know, put away. And, 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 and my problem was loving me. And this is a big problem in the body, in the body of Christ. And it, and it manifests in lots of other forms, you see, and you'd say, well, this person is just nasty. This person is just mean. This person would, whatever. No, it's all rejection. It's all you know, some people came... I mean, I was born into this world. My mother was a single mom. Uh, she had left uh, a very abusive man who she was married to for 13 years from the time... Or 11 years from the time she was 14 years old. Wow. You see? And she, he was very abusive physically and mentally and everything. Alcoholic. And my four, my brother and three sisters were all born from him. And she left him. And during that time, she went and sowed some oats and uh, and showed up in Texas City, 600, 500 miles from Lubbock, where she lived, to where her mama was with, with me on the way. You see? I still don't know who it was. She made an extravagant story after I finally... I never. A lot of these things come with you. You know, I didn't know until later that, you know, that the, the dad she said I had that, that married her while she was pregnant here gave me his name. That's not Brocker. That's not even my name. <laughs> and he has nothing to do with me. It was just a, just a, back then, you know, you kind of did things like that. Rejection, rejection. So my mom and I, we, we, we lived, you know, alone and rejection. And then, you know, in my life, she she lived. She, we were taken care of while I was growing up by a married man who lived just a few blocks away from the apartment he kept us in. And one of my best friends mowed his grass, knew him and his wife. You see, this is... Uh, 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 uh. You see? 
My mom was awesome. She loved me, and she just didn't know. She didn't have anyone to. Her great her grand her grandfather was a pastor, but her mama took her away from that and just did terrible things. See, it was just perpetuating these lies of the devil and this this sinful lifestyle and all these things. This junk came with me, and all the things I grew to hate, I perpetu I kept doing. You know, I I I I, I was married. I, I I had a little boy. I left. Almost immediately, left them. The very thing I hated the most, I had become. You see? And so, who wouldn't hate a dude like that? Plus, I was violent and angry. I mean, I was... Everybody was afraid of me. You know, all my... Half the friends I had, I just... You know, I didn't know if they were just terrified or if they really liked me. You know, this is a hard person to love. And I'm not, this isn't about me. This is about people. This is about the junk, the stuff that we come with, you know. Half of it comes with us. The other half we, we create. <laughs> Open more doors for the devil. Comes in. He builds strongholds. Wrong mindsets. Things that... Then the Lord... If if he's successful at getting through all that trash and pulling us in, you know, then that's what he we come to him with. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And for someone to come straight from the streets and all that, and and they just go, it's all forgiven. I love you. You're amazing in my eyes. Yeah, right. Maybe some other people, not me. How could you? Why would you? You see? But that's the very thing that we have to get past. Because, and the only way to do that is through death. We have to reckon ourselves dead with Christ and resurrected with Him and seated with Him in heavenly places. But now, now can you understand the true victory is like Paul said, the life that I now live is no longer I who live in the flesh, but Christ who lives in me. How selfish of me just to say, oh, thank you for coming to fix the life that I wanted and now I can just, now I can just live and you can bless me and take care and I can continue on with my selfish life. No. Man, no, no. We have to die to us and let him live the life that was cut short. Let him live through us. Yes. He who knew no sin. And now he's made that possible, you see. The Lord says. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Do you see the first part of that? Delight yourself in the Lord. Put Him first. Those whose minds are stayed on the Lord, He will keep in perfect peace. It's about putting Him first. His ways, His will, His word. Trusting in that. Believing it. And actually applying it. And it takes faith. 
commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. But you have to have a strong foundation. And I realized, I said, Lord, I'm still a little rocky. You know why I knew that? Because I was looking for the acceptance of man to, to uh, uh, what do you call it, validate me. You know, and that's, that's not unusual either. You know, we need a little petting, you know. Men, our wives know that more than anybody. We're such babies. But, but God says, I, I, need you to, I need you to get past that. I need you to get past that because I need you to take up your identity in me alone. Because as long as external things can hurt you, they will. That's a, that's a cord, you guys. In the, that's, a, that's a string the devil can pluck. And he won't do it all the time. He'll do it at the worst time. Bing. Here's that thing. Here's that thing. Here's that thing. In Matthew 7, at the 21st verse, Jesus started talking. He'd been talking. Yeah, Matthew 7. And I'm going to the 24th verse, but I always like to go back a little and get some context. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? Man, these are these are ministers, okay? These are people that are out there casting out devils and prophesying to people. Doing good things. Doing good things. And then you will declare to me, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work workers of lawlessness. You notice he says, I never knew you. Not that I knew you and you fell away, which is possible. We can harden our hearts to the point where we just turn away from God and reject Him. He's not going to do it to you, but you will. You can do it to Him. Read Hebrews. But this is somebody, he's saying, I never knew you. And they're, they're saying, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? We cast out devils. We did miracles in your name. I never knew you. That's very sobering. Isn't it? Let's, let's continue on. And find out what, what he's talking about. Everyone then who hears these words of mine. Jesus is the word made flesh. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. Will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You see James said don't be just a hearer of the word. Be a doer. Doer of the word. And he said matter of fact this. We're saved by grace through faith. And he, he, James pointed out to us that, that saving faith will always be accompanied by corresponding actions. You see? James said, you, you show me your, your, your faith without works. I'll show you my faith by my works. In other words, it should be visible. It should manifest in the things that God has for us to do. Amen? Amen. That's what he's saying. So Jesus said, man, don't, don't, just, don't be a hypocrite. Don't just... Call yourself by my name. I, I need to know you. And the way that I know you is by you fellowshipping with me. By you agreeing with my teachings. Living by my words. And, and it should be evident in your life. The fruit. He had just talked about that before he started all this. The, tr- the, the fruit of the tree makes what kind of tree it is obvious. You see we don't have to. We have to go around trying to sell people the fruit. 
They'll pick it, and if it's good food, they'll just want it. <laughs> you see? And then he said, the wise man who is the one who hears my words and does them. And he built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and the beat on that house. These trials and adversities and situations and circumstances of life came and could not move this house because it was built on Jesus' words, Jesus' life, Jesus' truth. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now, the point I'm trying to, to get to is this is the place that I was in my life and I said, I, I got to do it. And so he showed me this and he says, you can, you can rush. And he said, because... The, both both of these men built the same house, the same effort, the same labor went into it, but not the same vision, not the same planning, not the same foresight. It wasn't built to stand, you see, the one on the sand didn't have any strong foundation. If I'm going to build anyway, if I'm going to go through this life anyway, why not? Why not be a wise builder? Why not have a strong house that nothing can shake? I think of my house. I think of my family. I think of my loved ones as well as myself because now I do love me. And hey, man, I don't want a house that's going to blow away the first sign of trouble, first high wind. So I said, man, I got to build my house on Jesus. I got to build my Make my life, my foundation on Him, around Him, for Him. Best I can, and He'll lead me as I go. So this strong foundation is necessary. The disciples asked Jesus, remember they said, what, what do we have to do to do the works God requires of us? Everybody's looking for them, this, this legalistic approach. I want to know that what I've done is I can check off, so when I get home to God, all i got to do is hold out my... I checked it. I did it. Let me in. You owe me. No. That's the law, man. The law demands grace provides. Remember. It's, it, it can look the same if, you're not, if you don't know what you're looking for. But if you put the cart before the horse, you're not going to get pulled very far. <laughs> Jesus said, this is the work of God. That you believe in Him who He sent. That you believe in Jesus. Belief is what the Lord desires from us. And it has to be the root of all of our actions. You see, again, proper action without faith as the motive is just legalism. And it doesn't get you anything. It doesn't get you anything from God. But proper believing, which has its root in, in obedience... By the way, based on faith, this belief will produce all the desired works inside and out. You see, inside and out. You do want to do good, right? I mean, that's a pretty good litmus test in itself because you're children of God now. Hello, I'm talking to the uh, 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 I'm talking to the new man. I'm talking, I'm talking to the spirit man. Can you hear me? 
Spirit man, turn over to children of God, turn over to to First Timothy. Oh man, not First Timothy, First John. Yeah. If you're if you're trying to develop and nurture and grow in your relationship with the Lord, because this desire is in you, once you become His, it just is just there. You have a hunger and a thirst for for Him, for righteousness, for 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 relationship. Good place to start is the Johns. Read the Gospel of John. Read First, Second, Third John. But over in the third chapter of First John, let's see. Again, I'll back up. I was going to start at the third chapter, but I'll back up to the twenty-eighth verse of the second chapter. And now, little children, abide in Him. Again, here He goes. Those who hear My words and do them—that's what abiding in Him is. Just resting in Jesus. And his truth, you know, just just don't just just close your mind to the lies of the devil and of the world and just decide to agree with God. Just I'm just going to rest in what Jesus says and what he's accomplished. And that way, all of the all of the decision making is off the table. I just rest. It's so easy now. The hard part is just crucifying that flesh. He wants to rise up and have its way, you see. But the better place to live is just in, in and after the Spirit. Living after the Spirit is just in agreement with God. And it's a beautiful place of fellowship and love and provision and blessing. He says, and now little children abide in Him so that when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from Him in shame at His coming. If you know that He is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of Him. You know, hello, it's easy because if you're his and you and you've died yourself and now you're alive in Christ and he in you, then obviously you're going to begin to look like him over over time. So what kind of love? Listen to this. This is so beautiful and comforting. See what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. Children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, Jesus, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. So everyone who belongs to Him and their hope is in heaven, their eternal life with God, and that they're putting this confident expectation of good from God, this hope, then we're just going to automatically begin to purify ourselves and try to be everything that He's created us to be as we learn who we truly are and, and shake off this weird identity crisis that the world has put on us, you see. Second Samuel 22 says, with the pure, you show yourself pure. I'm still walking, you guys. I'm still on this journey where I was and how the Lord began to manifest and to talk to me because I, I, I made my sincere prayer. I want you have to teach me and I want to do it your way. I don't I don't care what doctrines are out there and all the disagreement. I don't want to pick a side. I want your side only. And so I had to start with my foundation, my my feet firmly on the rock, not to the left, not to the right. I don't care how much the truth hurt 
or how overwhelming the truth was about his love and everything for me. I was just going to, I'm going to agree. I'm going to accept what you say because now I've come to terms with your word is your word. This word is not a book written by men about God. It's a word written by you, Father, through men. And I'm just going to believe it. But now, show me, teach me through the new covenant of grace and truth. Help me read this through eyes of righteousness which has been put in me. I have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, instead of trying to be good enough for God, I'm trying to live out the new creation He has created me to be. I'm dead, so now who's the new guy? i got to find out. i got to find out so I know how to do it. <laughs> because in the Spirit I'm renewed, but I can't sense that with my eyes, my ears. I don't know. I can't feel it. I have to find out through the Word. And the Holy Spirit is, is he's promised that He's going to help me. He's going to comfort me. He's going to lead me. He's going to guide me all the way through this life. All the way through. You want to see a picture of how the Holy Spirit guides us? Read uh, Genesis, I think it's 22. Where Abraham sends the servant of his house to go back to their homeland to get a bride for Isaac. The promised child. You see, that servant is the Holy Spirit. And he goes and he gets, uh, what's Rebecca, right? Yeah. He goes and he gets her and he leads her all the way back. He provides for her. He he adorns her with gifts. And they all weigh something like 5.5, this and that. <laughs> Even the weights and measurements in the Bible are amazing. They all point to grace. God provided this amazing comforter, this leader, this Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. He, he has come for you to help you all the days of your life and to guide you and empower you. Therefore, beloved, since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that defiles body and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That's 2 Corinthians 7.1. I'm like, oh Lord, that scares me. That word holiness terrifies people. It, it, it can because religion has, has kind of made it into legalism, into works. But you know what? You know what I found out about holiness? It's just love. It's just love. Is that easier? Is that easier on your ears? Holiness is love. God is love. God is holy. They're interchangeable, you see? Draw near to God. So let's say that. Draw near to love. And and He'll draw near to you. Isn't that easier? God doesn't mind if we call Him love. Hello. (laughs) It's the same as calling Him holy. Which He is. And He's created you in righteousness and true holiness. That's the thing. We're just learning how to walk in these new shoes. We've just become the glove that God fills. And we're allowing Him. Draw dear to God. He'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Remember what we were talking about last week about, about the guy who had the dream and he, he was going to be safe. So he is living a little bit for the world, but he knew God and, and he just stayed on the fence. 
But at the end of the day, the, the devil walked back in the yard and said, Oh, I was looking for you. Come on. I'm not going with you. I didn't choose you. He said, Yeah, you did. The fence is mine. The fence is mine. <laughs> Peter said in 1 Peter 1 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You're a new creation, Chris. Yeah, you know, people talk about hypocrites in the church all the time. I see hypocrites everywhere too. But I don't see it like people do. They say, well, this this church person, he still lives with sin in his life. He's just hiding that he really is a sinner. He's a hypocrite. That ain't, that ain't what I see. I see people who really have had an encounter with God. They're saved and redeemed. And they have this new man living inside of them. And they're still trying to act like a sinner when they really are holy. That's a hypocrite. That's a hypocrite. That's hypocrisy. That's not who you are anymore. Quit trying to blend with the world. You know what people do? And it's a common mistake. And it's been perpetuated by this crazy grace teaching that, that uh, Jude slammed people against when he wrote his one-page book in the Bible. But people incorporate Jesus into their life. Instead of yielding, dying to themselves and letting him live his life through them. There's a huge difference. I don't know if you see it. I see it so clearly. And it's very dangerous ground. It's almost it's like living on that fence. The motive the motive is everything. Because because Peter said but just as he who called you is holy so be holy in all you do. So he's just saying be like be Christ like let him let him just be who you are now. Be who he created you to be. When you read this, let it read you and say, I know I think of myself as lowly and unworthy. That's not humility, by the way. The way I used to think of myself as a piece of junk. That's not humility. That's sin. Because now my job is to come into agreement with what God says about me. That I am holy. That I am righteous. That I am redeemed. That I am a child of God. That my home is in heaven with Him. And that I'm just an ambassador here now. Of His love. Of His grace. And His provision. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do that. Some of these people know me. <laughs> Some of these people have known me. They're going to call me a hypocrite. <laughs> yes, they will. It's okay. You know what fixes that? Time. Time. Every single one of my family and friends, they, oh man, he really got himself into a bind and now he's just using Jesus to get himself out of it, you know? Just a fad. It'll wear off. Oh Lord, he's going to be a hypocrite now. And then God makes me a pastor. I mean, makes the call on my life so apparent and so kind to me. and just beats me over the head with his grace and with his calling. And everywhere I go, every conference I go to, people, 
anointing me and 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 and, uh, and ordaining me. Just I mean, just crazy. It's just, oh my God, this one belongs to God. What do we do with him, Lord? He's yours. And I knew it. I think I knew it always. But you know, we drowned it. <laughs> we drowned it. <laughs> oh, I don't want to hear that, man. But listen. Even he made me a pastor, so I go to this place, and then and then I go, and then something happens here, and I go over here, and they, uh, oh, you're the pastor here, and this is a place where it's just uh, with with big religion. I mean, apostles and bishops all over the place. You're the pastor of this world world center here. Build the big church. Put my office, my name on the door, and now now here's what's what's the challenge? What's the challenge now? Remember what I told you I struggle with. After the self-loathing, then I needed I needed validation from people, right? Well, here it is, man. Woo! Check me out. Get my picture by the day. Make sure you don't cover up the pastor will on the door. Eh? Listen, you should have been there the day though that God said, "Hey, I'm seeking Him still. I'm crying out to Him. I'm I, I want God. I want Him so much." And these things that I'm surrounded by, that the teachings and everything, not what he's teaching me, not what delivered me, not the love and grace and provision that he's given. It's a demanding of people, you see. And here I am representing that, but not believing that. And today he tells me, will you take up your identity in me alone and trust in me? Yes, sir. Get your stuff and get out of here. Gathered up my stuff. Went home. Told my wife. I don't know. I'm I'm not anything anymore. <laughs> she told me, yes, you are. What you are is written in heaven. Man can't change that. And I went through the most beautiful time of wilderness training with God I, I he made me know him and receive his love because no by now not only my worldly friends and everything I had had moved away from I mean there's nothing else for me there and they all reject me as a hypocrite anyway now everybody I knew in God put me in hell And would tell me so. <laughs> but I knew the voice of my shepherd. And I was willing to lose all reputation and dignity and acceptance of man just for his acceptance and love. And that's what I got. And now I'm so free from me. I'll take a, a word from Todd White. Amazing man of God. I'm so free from me that I'm free from you. I love you. But I won't preach around you. I won't preach around your situation and circumstances. Some of the people I love the most in this whole world, I admire and respect so much and I want to be like when I really grow up, are people who know they aren't living quite up to what He has created them to be. And they love me and honor me and they listen to it week after week and they don't 
hold it against me. They still love me. They still honor me and they still love God. And I, and I believe we're going to see the greatest work of grace in some of these lives that you've ever seen. You can demand things, but that's just legalism. God doesn't want things like that anyway. Do you know how many times people have just done all the religious acts, but their heart has never been right with God about any of them? He doesn't acknowledge any of those acts. Remember Balaam, who I introduced y'all to in Numbers 22? A prophet that, that uh, this king tried to get to prophesy against the, the children of Israel and their armies. And he said, I can't. God, God told me no. And then these, these emissaries came with more money and more offers and gifts and everything. And he's like, I still can't. But hold on, y'all just wait the night. Let me go ask God again. Uh-oh. He got up on that fence, you see. He goes and asks God, and God says, yeah, they're here. Go with them. But just do what I tell you. Now, this is God. It's, okay, go with them, but just do what I tell you. The very next morning when he did go with them, God was mad at him and was going to kill him. Is God fickle? What happened? God told him to go, but just do what he told him. And he had just left, so he hadn't had the time to do anything wrong. But an angel was standing in the road, was fixing to kill him, but his donkey saved him and spoke to him. His heart was dirty. His motives were wrong. He was entertaining some ideas of how he can incorporate God's way and still get some of the money and stuff like that. That's what happened. The man looks on the outer... What's the, what's the scripture? Man looks on the outer appearance. God looks on the heart. God saw his heart. And his heart had begun to devise these schemes. You see, his motives were wrong. And that's how God looks at us. He's looking at... He sees right through us. He sees everything. The mixture of motives, obedience for profit, the corrupt inward life, you see. He realized the power of God's, of Israel's God, you see. But the wealth he could obtain from the king of Moab was a temptation which caused him to return there in, later on in his life. And, and ultimately die when, when Israel came back and, and, and kicked that army's butt. Balaam wasn't in it for God. Balaam just wanted to incorporate God into his life. Big difference. But with God, it's all or nothing. I'm here to tell you. Remember Lot's wife? She looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. And then that's the Old Testament. But Jesus said, man, whoever puts his hand to the plow and looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom of God. You got to forget that old man, that old life, and all the things that you thought you wanted to do with you and for you. And you got to find out what God says. And just a tip it's bigger and better anyway. <laughs> and when you find out, the grace of God is going to provide every step of the way. The grace of God provides for your health, for your for your body, your wealth, for your life, and the provision for everything He's called you to do, as well as the holiness to operate as Jesus operated on this earth. Do you realize that Jesus did not live His life here as God? He was God, but but He did not entertain that. He did, he, 
he set aside all his powers and privileges and be, was born as a man and lived as a man. He never did anything miracle-wise until he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He fulfilled all righteousness, the requirements of the law. To be righteous in God's eyes, you had to do all the law. 413 laws plus 10. And then you would be counted righteous. Well, no one ever did it, so God gave them a way to cover that temporarily until He could provide a Savior. Well, Jesus did it as a man. And in the Hebrew uh, culture, when you're 30 years old, you inherit everything your father has. When Jesus was 30, He went to see His cousin at the River Jordan and He told him, baptizing me so that all... Righteousness can be fulfilled. He had lived perfectly and now it was being fulfilled. And when he came up out of the water, he inherited everything the father had. It came in the form of a dove and sat on his shoulder. And as a dove, but it was the, it was the, it was the Holy Spirit. This is when he began his ministry. This is when he began to walk in power. It says he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He received the same Holy Spirit that God has provided for us. And then the, the disciples who weren't saved received that 50 days on the first day of Pentecost. 50 days after Jesus' death on the cross. For 40 days he appeared amongst them and then he ascended and he told them to wait in Jerusalem, remember? And so they waited for the promised Holy Spirit. He said, you will be my witnesses. Not become, you will be. Just be who God has created us to be. Be Christ in you, the hope of glory. Allow Him to live and reign through you in this life and just depend on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that same servant that same innkeeper that when Jesus, when, <laughs> when the man found the, the, uh, the, the uh, good Samaritan, found the man beaten, laying on the side of the road, and he loaded him up on his own donkey and took him to the inn and left him at the, with the innkeeper and gave him two denarii, two coins, two days wages. He said, if, take care of this man until I return, and if I owe you any more, I'll give you some then. That innkeeper is the Holy Spirit. That good Samaritan was Jesus. And the two denarii, two days wages. And with God, a, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. It's been almost 2,000 years since he left, folks. He only gave the Holy Spirit two days wages to watch over and care for us. He's coming soon. I told you I wasn't going to be over you. <laughs> The only thing that counts is faith working through love. That was my whole point. I was tripping over the key. The key is, is, is love. I was tripping over the key. A little key laying on the floor was tripping me up. Because you have to love yourself before you can love others. God commands us to love ourselves. Not in the way some people admire themselves and think of only themselves. But when you truly love it, you'll think of others before yourself. 
all these things. Everything Jesus purchased for us through the atonement, we obtain by faith. This includes salvation, the forgiveness of our sins, healing for our bodies, the fullness of the Spirit of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace, the victory over the world and over the flesh and over the devil, and all the powers of darkness have been provided. That is the grace of God. Everything provided through the atonement. All these things come to us by faith. But it must be faith, according to Galatians 5.8, that worketh through love. This is the key now. This is the key I was missing because I tried to learn faith. I tried to learn these different doctrines and things. But we are children of God and God is love. We must be children of God living out our faith through love. Amen? Amen. We should be people known for our love and our faith. When the trials of life come and things go south, we don't have to go with them. We can be water walkers. We don't have to let our minds and our hearts go with the problems of the day is what I mean. We remain in faith. We remain in love. And when pressure comes and we're squeezed, our faith and our love And our Jesus should just ooze out all over people. (laughs) That's all that comes out of us. Because we're filled with His light and His love. Darkness will run from light. And you are the light of the world. You are the city on the hill. Amen? And if we're going to make our faith house strong, then we have to make our foundation strong. And the foundation of faith is love. We can make all the confessions we want to. We can read and quote the Bible day in and day out. We can fast and pray and we still won't get the desired results. We won't get anything if we're not walking in love. The word says faith works by love. And if we're not walking in love, our faith won't work. It's just that simple. When we check up on ourselves, because the word says examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith. So it's wise to do that. So when we do that, We will find sometimes certain areas where we're not walking in love. Now, this is just going to happen. And these areas, though, if we are truthful with ourselves, it's keeping our faith from operating in full capacity. And so, we just, what do we do? Repent. Just change our minds regarding those things. Agree with God. Hey, Lord... I dropped the ball right there. I do it all the time. Lord, I missed that one. I'm so sorry. Let's go. He does not want you to dwell on the past, but He definitely wants you to address it with Him, and He wants it to be sincere. Amen? Amen. The Word of God, because this, is, this will help us to, to be, to, we are already blessed, but it will help us to operate. You see, the faith of God is the hand, the faith that we have, which is from God, is the hand that takes hold of the grace of God that's been provided. Faith. We're saved by grace through faith. Grace alone will kill you. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. But not all men are saved, are they? So grace alone 
It has to be received by faith. We have to put our trust. We have to yield our lives to Him and our trust in that Savior and what He's provided for us. And then that equals salvation. The Word of God instructs us to love our neighbors as ourselves. So we say, well, I love Jesus. I just don't like church folks. That's His bride, folks. We're all part of one bride. He's not coming back for a harem. We're not going to be segregated in heaven. Better get it right. Matter of fact, in that same First John, God says, don't say you love me if you hate your brother. He's talking about Christians. And some of them aren't that lovely, trust me. You come here because you are loved now. Receive your love from God. Hopefully you'll get it from everybody else too, but don't make it a necessity to count your worth and just jump from church to church saying, well, they didn't love me right over there. Because God does. And He just wants you. And He wants you to live out of that love and out of that acceptance and out of the righteousness He's provided you with. You know why? Because He loves you and He wants to fellowship with you. He said, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? Amos 3.3. 3. That means you need to change and agree with Him. <laughs> He's not going to change and do it. <laughs> now, if you, if you decide to do this and you take a step toward Him, He's going to run five towards you. He will do that. He is that father that the prodigal son went home to. Remember, the father was waiting for him and saw him a long way off and began to run to his boy. He didn't judge him. Never run from God. Run to him because he's the one that loves you. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Why would you run back into his arms when you've done bad and don't want to run to your father who loves you and is good and has the answers for you? Why would you run and turn to the one who's trying to kill you and the one who caused the problem to start with? See? That's what religion does to people. Makes them run from God. And then they say, well, when I, when I, when I get this thing resolved and, and when I stop doing this and that, I'm going to start going back to church. Oh, see, that's ridiculous. You don't get cleaned up to take a bath. <laughs> Jesus said, just come as you are. And then once you receive me, I'm going to begin to teach you and walk with you and show you these things. And when you show up the next week, I'm not going to hold you to a different standard. You're going to become the standard that I created you to be because I'm going to teach you how to live and walk out of this relationship that I have provided you with when I gave you eternal life, when you came to me and yielded your life to me. Amen. You know he loves you? you hear his voice today? All right, all right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, and we thank you for loving us so much, Lord. Thank you for mixing up my message and making it yours. I don't want it to be me, Lord. I just want it to be you. Thank you that you do love us all so dearly, that you've provided a perfect salvation for us, perfect life that you wrote, that you created. Help us to find that life in you, to walk it out with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us through this life, through all the difficulties, through all the trials and situations and circumstances. We know that you are with us and that you are leading and guiding and protecting and empowering us, and we thank you. 
that you're leading us to our eternal destination with our heavenly bridegroom, Jesus Christ, who died for us and made a way back to you, Father. We thank you because of that we can run boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find favor in the time of need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us so perfectly, so richly, so extravagantly, Lord. Help us to be conscious of who we are in you and to ignore the lies and deception of the world and of the devil, to reject all those things that would come to us in the form of angels of light, but we know are darkness. Help us to only receive and to accept and to follow those things and of you, God, your voice, Jesus, our shepherd who loves us and cares for us. Help us to take our salvation personally, your death on the cross personally for us because you would do it all again just for us. We thank you, Jesus, for loving us and that you'll never have to do it again because the payment has been made, the redemption of our souls. You have made it. You have paid the price, overpaid. And now there's no one to charge us with any allegation even accuse us we are redeemed purchased with the precious blood of the Lamb of God Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior our King and now we are kings we are priests we are children of God help us to walk in that light help us to not cover the light help us to not blend in with the world help us to be courageous children of God Providers of the light and of the love and victory of God everywhere we go. And endue us with power, Lord, from on high. The same power that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in us. Help us to stir up the gift that is within us. To walk in victory and in in prophecy and in signs and wonders. Help us to heal the sick. To edify those who would be seeking you and to show them that there is A Jesus who died for them and loves them and wants nothing more than to know them and to be known by them. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.